Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the In Everything podcast, where we talk about Jesus in everything. As always, I'm your host, Aiden Greasetowel Haskell. And today I am joined by three lovely ladies. <laughs> we just tricked you. Actually, we're your hosts, <laughs> Lexi and Alice. <laughs> today we're joined by our friend. Uh, Aiden Haskell, who is not actually the host. You were probably really confused yeah. just now, but don't worry. He's just our guest. Aiden, can you you want to say a few words about you? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, I am not, in fact, a grease towel. Yeah, is I'm that just, your real middle name? <laughs> I'm just a regular <laughs> guy. Uh, I go to Western, as all of these ladies do. I'm in engineering in my second year. Yeah, he's a smart, smart yeah. boy. Well, no, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, but I love Jesus, and I'm happy to be here. Yes, thank you for coming on. Great, yeah, we're so excited to have you on today. I'm happy to have you join us. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about social justice, which if you remember, two weeks ago we discussed justice with our pastor, Drea Fess, but today Aiden's going to dive deeper into social justice, since that's a super relevant topic right now. So why don't you just start off by telling us the difference between biblical justice and social justice? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. Um, so I guess the idea between the two that uh, we come across as different is that biblical justice comes from the transformation of the heart and through a person and the work of Jesus. And the way that I guess you could summarize that is it's the absolute moral standard of God. And then um, social justice is more uh, promoting what you could call uh, an earthly standard, I, I would define it as that. And especially, uh, you may have heard terms like equity or equality. And I think very often with social justice, you have the idea of oppressed and an oppressor that often comes up. So similar in some ways, but also I think there are some, some pretty big differences. Yeah, there's definitely some key things that are connecting the two. Obviously the word justice is in there. Um, but very, very key differences between where, mm -hmm. like, why, why is it different for Christians especially and the fact that they are different, but they kind of blend yeah, together. Exactly. Like, there is a big difference in, you know, like our world's definition of justice and the Bible's definition of justice. But I do think that they intersect um, a lot, you know, like Jesus says all the time in the Bible that we need to be fighting for the oppressed and taking care of the widows and the homeless and all these people that are less privileged as us. Um, and, you know, that's Jesus's heart. He wants justice. He wants all people to be loved and to have, um, you know, justice. Yeah, he cares. Them. He cares a lot about the poor and mm -hmm. the sick and the hurting and you know, this directly applies to what the world is caring mm -hmm. more about today, which is amazing to see. Um, but we just kind of want to talk about how can we marry these two ideas or maybe realize that social, true social justice is actually biblical justice and mm -hmm. how we can, you know, as we talked about before, reconcile God's justice yeah. to the justice in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think that for social justice, um, very often we can get caught up in in one sort of ideal 
and it can almost become an idol for us. And even it can be it can be a very good cause, whether it's um, racial equality or, or abortion or, or anything like that. But if we let these things become idols very often, instead of seeing it through a biblical lens, we let it um, cloud our judgment around things such as sharing the gospel, which is ultimately, I think, the the most important thing that a Christian can yeah. do. And in terms of the ultimate goal of the Christian politically, I think it is to have the freedom to share the gospel in the marketplace of ideas more so than than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, why Christians, rightfully so, are worried when they see that ability to have those conversations with people about any topic infringed upon. Because ultimately, if Christians can't share the gospel freely, it makes things very difficult for the growth of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I like how you said, despite it being a good thing, um, be, like obsessing about these social issues can become an idol and problematic when you're putting your hope in the outcome of this this movement, right? So if you're uh, very invested in the environment and, you know, making the world's Mm-hmm. Restore, restoring the world and you see that it's still broken you see that it's still you know people aren't following and then you lose hope and that actually like probably leads to a lot of brokenness within a person who cares deeply about something but realizing that we put our hope in Jesus and then that flows out into yeah. all these other mm-hmm. issues that the world also cares about um, but we care about because we love yeah. Jesus exactly like What Aiden was saying about a Christian's biggest goal is to share the gospel. It's so interesting because justice and even social justice is a part of the gospel, you know, like Jesus loves, Jesus himself loved all these people who were oppressed and, and he, he was with them, you know, and he cared for them. And that is what like social justice is, you know, like fighting for the oppressed and loving these people and the fact that we love Jesus and love everything that he is and everything that he stands for, you know, is should flow out of us this this longing for justice and longing for wanting people to be treated equally and things like this because Jesus desires that. Um but there are like we said some differences about justice like everything. There are some differences with how the Bible sees justice and how, you know, like a lot of people um, see justice as well. So I think that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so true. And I also just wanted to bring up how when you first described social justice, you mentioned how it is trying to achieve an earthly standard. And I thought that was super interesting and a really good way to put that because I think the question is, as a Christian, when you get really involved in any movement or any cause uh, is why are you doing that? And what is the motive? And are you putting your hope in the fact that you or anyone else involved in the movement or the movement itself can actually reach that goal apart from God? Um, because I think that's a, a dangerous place to be, mm-hmm. like Lexi mentioned, hope and you know, if you're putting your hope in that, which I think leads us well into the next question, which is how should a Christian approach politics then? Yeah, I think um, regardless of where you find yourself on the political spectrum. I think, as most people know, it's a very polarizing time in politics. And so for the Christian, 
A great apologetic can actually be to not look like the world in the sense that we are going to love people regardless of if they mm -hmm. agree with us on a particular political issue. And I know that we've had conversations in the past where we maybe didn't see everything perfectly eye to eye, but when you know that the person really cares for you and they care for your for your soul at the end of the day, that I think is where the world and and when we see the secular world having these conversations, that's where they they can't meet each other at that deeper level because there's not that I know mm -hmm. at the end of the day that we are both made in the image of God. And I think that that is really damaging to the the political landscape when you don't have that that love for your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we live in a in a time where you know cancel culture where as soon as you say something that I don't like, you know, we're done, you're out of my life, um, that type of idea, I'm just going to cancel you, I'm going to tell my friends to also, like, cancel you, mm -hmm. and you're just left alone because of an opinion, and that means that you're putting someone's identity, you're saying your identity is what you, what your opinions are, which isn't necessary which isn't true yeah. i don't believe that yeah. and i think it's very sad that so often we forget that it's an actual person that yeah. we're talking to. it's an actual person that god created god loves god died for jesus died for them on mm -hmm. the cross and so often in our earthly arguments and debates and um, all these things with politics we lose sight of that we lose sight of god's love and we just act mm -hmm. maliciously and act really reactionary based on what the other person says. Exactly. Like, like I know a lot of times in like social justice movements, a lot of emphasis is put on the people who are oppressed are equal to everyone who is more privileged, right? They have the same sense of identity and worth um, that every other person has, you know? And I think we can put that perspective back onto people who don't agree with us all the time, you know? Um, obviously, it can be tricky when we believe what we believe um, and somebody else doesn't, but that person, just because their opinion is different, is still a human being that has, a, has an, their own identity that is not their opinion, you know, and has the same worth um, and desire for love that every single one of us has, you know? And it's, it's when we look at it in the sense that only Jesus can fulfill that sense of love that we all desire and us being human beings and as Christians can share that love to all people despite their opinions, despite what they believe, you know? When we can do that, it shows that that is really showing love, you know? And that's how we can achieve justice, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, I the the point that well both of you made that it came to mind for me was a G.K. Chesterton to just Chesterton quote, and for those at home, I don't have Wait, it memorized. Say that again. G.K. Chesterton. <laughs> there we go. Tough last name, but so I don't have it memorized, so I don't want people thinking that I just have quotes just memorized. <laughs> that would be cool. You have to, but, you have to but yeah, because yeah. I think this this quote really resonates with me as we move to a more secular world. And so the quote says, the secular person, and I guess I should say for those, secular is just like someone who doesn't believe in God and that sort of thing, if people are unfamiliar with that terminology. Um, but the secular person goes first to a political meeting where he complains that the natives are being treated as if they were beasts. And then he goes to the scientific meeting where he proves that all human beings are actually beasts. 
And I think that that's a really clever way of saying like, how can the world look at people and say, well, you have worth without including the fact that they were created by God in that? Because I think ultimately that gets to the idea of what's your standard for goodness and what's your standard for right and wrong if you don't have the all divine um, creator of, of everything. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really see things falling short in today's politics is that everybody has a different perception of truth and everybody has a different perception of what's right and wrong. And if we are to pursue things biblically, then ultimately we're all pursuing the same truth. But the problem is people don't see it that way most of the time today. Um, not everybody has the, the Bible as their, their absolute moral truth. So, mm -hmm. um, I think a great, like this is a great question, how should a Christian approach politics? And I think... It's a it's a convicting question for me too because a lot of the time like I don't I'm not that into politics, um, but I don't think that's necessarily right either. In just oh this seems to be something that the world has claimed, um, you know God isn't very evident there, so whatever I say doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, it's not going to make a difference. Which I also that that's wrong and I can't just ignore it mm -hmm. um, because God uses the government he uses that to implement justice in countries and in lands and through laws and through um, regulations which is really really beautiful and we see how um, government is God's idea it is his idea to have leaders and to have people to be an authority over a like larger group so um, I think something that we need to do more as Christians is be more involved in the conversation. And that doesn't mean protesting. That doesn't mean necessarily like just yelling and screaming. It means, I think, when I think about approaching politics, it means listening to people who don't agree maybe or don't have the same ideas. Because so often arguments happen because both people just want to be heard. So what can you do if you want it, the discussion to keep going is you can show that respect and show that person that they have dignity and worth um, by listening first, before getting defensive, before you know having your pitchfork out and ready to like slam the word of God on them, which I don't ignore truth, but show people love through listening and through just being loving and then they'll see wow this person who disagrees with me but is still listening and asking questions and being respectful like mm -hmm. even if they don't even listen to your side of it that is a way to show love and hopefully that opens up a conversation and not necessarily just yelling at each other yeah exactly like and you know god calls us to share the truth in love and that's so important it, it's not just like yes we need to share the truth or it's not just yes I need to love you know because so then I don't really say anything about the truth it's both hand in hand mm -hmm. share the truth in love and I think that's also like I right now you know like politics are crazy and it's not like ever any one party like is completely lined up with the Bible, which we believe is truth, you know, so it can be tricky. It can be tricky to um, respect our government, respect our authority, but Jesus still calls us to do that. And doing that, I think, um, is, you know, is loving, is 
yeah, is loving. And I think that um, it's so important as Christians to be that, be the difference. You know, we see so much of like um, political unrest and people going crazy, you know, and all these crazy things happening in our world with politics. But I think it's the Christian's call, you know, to respect our authority, um, but also not conforming to it if we don't... If it goes against. If it goes against what we believe is true, right? So there needs to be that balance. Yeah. And it's important to recognize amidst, amidst all this craziness that you guys keep kind of mentioning that it's, it's so crazy and there's political <laughs> turmoil and whatever, but and despite that, God is in control of all of it. And I don't say that to say that we should just take a step back and not do anything and not get involved, which I think is kind of what Lexi, you were saying you do, and I know I can definitely find myself um, slipping into as well. But I think that in, in acting, we, we talked in another podcast too about taking that personal action, which we do have to do but also recognize that as the Spirit's work in us and the Spirit and God himself who longs for justice and longs for biblical justice Mm -hmm. in this world and we are his vessels to carry out that work. So we can't sit down and do nothing. He does want us to do something, but if we completely take it on ourselves, then we won't be able to accomplish anything because we cannot do that by our own strength or power. Yeah, Yeah, I think that in terms of Christian involvement in politics, I... I don't see it right now the case that Christians are too invested in politics. I think it's more the other way around, where Christians need to step up and and become leaders in some of these yeah. political mm-hmm. movements because or at least true Christians. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't want just someone who like can give me one Bible verse, but then they aren't <laughs> aligning with what Jesus actually taught. I want someone who cares the most about sharing the true gospel. Those are the types of people that I want yeah. to, to run my, my country. And I don't see much of that, if any of that, in the current uh, political environment, which is unfortunate because then we're left with other people. And I think even Christians will get to the point where they start to idolize some of those political figures, which is not good either. But I, I don't see right now too many great Christian leaders, which we need desperately I think the last thing I'll say on approaching politics is learn more about how Jesus did it (laughs) the Bible the New Testament is amazing and we see how Jesus responded to people who didn't agree with him Mm -hmm. who were actually against him and against his mission Um, but we see how he responded and we see that gentleness and that love and sometimes we see that anger and love still um but just read through the gospels and it's amazing to to notice jesus and what he does and most of the time when he um is kind of faced off in a in a debate or he's questioned he responds back with another question Mm -hmm. he he just like he doesn't he answers the question with another question which is always so cool he's never not never. Sometimes he just gives an answer, but most of the time he just answers with another question, which I think is really loving and caring, um, and also helps the other person to realize why they believe something, or mm-hmm. maybe suggest that they why they shouldn't believe it. But 
really just getting to know how Jesus did this because back then politics were a mess as well. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of a trait of the world <laughs> that is Kind of what happens in a fallen world. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I had a question for, for you guys, if I am the host anyway. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, have you guys been following what's been happening in Alberta with the, I think it's Grace Life Church in yes. Alberta? Yeah, I've you heard about any? it with both the pastors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if people haven't, I'll just, is it okay if I give a... Yeah, I don't know. Little, either. Yeah. So in Alberta, obviously there are many COVID restrictions. And so a pastor there named James Coates, who went to Master Seminary under John MacArthur, um, he wanted to keep his church open, but that violated the Alberta health regulations. And so he kept his church open and he actually got arrested and they put him in jail for 35 days and then he got taken out of jail and he went right back to church and kept preaching and then they actually shut down the church they put three layers of fences around it and so this Sunday um, they met in secret which is kind of funny because we live in Canada and you wouldn't think a church would have to. But anyway, that's beside the point. And so there were protests out front of the church. And I just wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Mm. It's, a, it's a tricky one, you know, because it, it directly affects our beliefs as Christians. Um, and I can see both sides. I can see the side of, um, okay, our government right now is tell, is you know, like obviously there are some flaws, but they're doing their best to, um, with these COVID regulations, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and nobody really knows what's going on or what to do, but they're trying their best, you know, to um, keep the general public safe and to keep everyone healthy. And sometimes that means, you know, like things have to shut down. But then I also see the side of like, okay, well, you're, you're restricting my, my freedom of religion, you know, and, and I, I want to, um, you know, share the gospel and do all these things as a pastor, which I understand that. Um, but I also, I, there's also that verse where Jesus talks about being respecting, uh, respecting authority, respecting your government. And a lot of times, this is a different example of, pe- of them saying like, oh, like master, his disciples saying master, like, why are you like, saying that we should like give our money to Caesar or whatever the government and he says okay whose face is on the coin that you have your money and they say Caesar and then he's like okay then the money belongs to Caesar and his the point was conforming to the government conforming to that authority and respecting you know and I I see that and I I kind of agree in the in the fact that we need to even if sometimes it doesn't we don't fully understand we need to like you know, respect our government and respect their regulations and do it in love um, because that's what Jesus commands, you know? For for me, um, just a verse, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I have an answer to that, but I'm going to go straight to the Bible. Romans 13, 2 says, So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Um so it's a very similar idea. Um, but then the question could be, like, is what they're doing wrong? Rebe- rebelling against, um, yeah. But I think that in that specific scenario, um, that church and that pastor is really limiting God and basically saying church can only be in person. God can only 
work mm-hmm. yeah. if we are in person. And then direct, like through rebelling against authority is rebelling against, against God. God. Um, because it says God has placed those people there. And it's it's not like, this is a time of, a, of emergency where it's, it's not just, oh, you can't meet at your church for no reason. It's, oh, we're trying to limit everybody everybody's contact because of this global pandemic. But I think um, really just going back to what the Bible says, God says mm-hmm. respect the government, like obey them because you want to obey me. Um, and I think that we, we have to know that the church is not a building. The church is mm-hmm. not a meeting that we have every Sunday. The church is... The people. The people within, and it's us as a collective, as the bride of Christ. And it, that doesn't stop if we are limited from seeing each other in person for mm-hmm. a little while, while this global pandemic is happening. Yeah, and I think that, like we just mentioned earlier, you know, just because this is what we're saying, we're human beings that are faulty, doesn't mean it's absolute truth, but it doesn't also mean that the people on the other side are absolute truth. You know, we have to take everything with a grain of salt, I guess, you know, and um, I think this is the part of like us saying, okay, we're all people, we're all followers of Jesus, we all have different opinions, Um, and sometimes, like if obviously if the opinion totally contradicts the Bible, then I would question that. But all of us have different opinions about this and many other topics that could or could not be correct but I think that's where we need to as believers remember Jesus's call we need to love each other we need to respect each other and see each other for their true identity in Christ and not their opinion you know um so this discussion about this topic I'm not gonna say this is the hard truth you know but um this is how I see it the Bible is the hard truth the Bible is the hard truth and I'm doing my best as a Christian Mm -hmm. to interpret the Bible to see this situation um yeah so yeah, well, I, I think you guys you guys made a lot of good points there. Um, it's so tricky because the importance of seeing people in person, whether it's in a church building or not, is so vital to spiritual growth, I think. Mm-hmm. And you look at the times in the, the Bible when Jesus healed people by touching them, and it's usually someone who's a leper where they never would have been touched. And I think there's a lot of significance in the fact that he finds the people who weren't being touched and he, he brings them close. And so obviously the importance of, of meeting in person for a church is, is vital for, for its growth. However, we do live in Canada where we have the ability to do Zoom and that, that sort of thing. I, I would wonder how effective that is in the growth of the the kingdom of God but as as you said Lexi I I wouldn't want to think that God is limited Mm -hmm. by people Mm -hmm. meeting in a in a church building as if that's the only way that God can function so I do think it is problematic that they have to meet in secret I I, because I look at the Middle East where they also have to meet in secret and that poses another interesting question because in the Middle East in the church in Iran for example if they even are found to have possession of a Bible, um, they could be put in prison. And so they have to meet in secret, which is really violating the authority of the government in Iran, which is 
is a tricky situation because I think we could all agree that the law of God is more important than the law of men. And so I don't necessarily have a concrete answer of where the line is, but I, I obviously support what's going on in Iran. And I think it's important that they meet in person because that's all they have, regardless of if it um, is against the law there. I think it's hopeful this lockdown that churches are allowed to stay open and realized as an essential um, service and something that's happening because, you know, we're thinking about physical health, but how much more important is spiritual health? And so that's where, you know, it's very hopeful this this time around um, that we actually can continue to meet together in person if people want to. But yeah, these are really great points that you're coming Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like with when we're talking about the church in Alberta and then the church in, you know, like Iran and the Middle East and all these places that can't um, that have to like right now or are meeting in secret, you know, and you see I see the in the Middle East. It's like people are like losing their lives, you know, if they if they are found to be a Christian or a follower of Christ. And it makes me so it makes me think about like wow how often do i take my own faith you know um so lightly and don't um and don't really put that that emphasis on like wow i have such a privilege right now of where i live of um you know the the government all these things that i am allowed to um be open about my faith to talk about my faith to meet um and obviously it's different in the middle of a pandemic but like in general i'm allowed to do all these things um and it it puts that burden on my heart wow i need to really like be praying for the church of christ in all these other parts of the world that are oppressed you know and it goes back to our thing of like that social justice freedom of religion freedom of these things am i as a church as a christian am i praying and fighting that spiritual war um for all my brothers and sisters in christ on the other side of the world or in places that aren't allowed to do that you know so it really changes that perspective when you think of it that way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah lots of lots of really big ideas here and big topics um i think just for time's sake we're going to wrap up this episode And we'll close it off in prayer and join us for a part two where we're going to continue this conversation and talk more about um, how how should a Christian approach social justice. So that'll be next time. But just to close us off, Aiden, would you mind uh, praying for us? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jesus, I thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this uh, podcast. I pray that this would reach people, um, that it would resonate with people, and that through everything that we've talked about here today, it would, it would help those grow closer to you. Um, we love you, Father. In your name, amen. And may we glorify you in everything we do. Thank you all so much for tuning in. and We'll see you later. See you later.